0: Tonight is study number 15 of Revelation chapter 18, and we're continuing to look at verse 7. Revelation 18 verse 7 says, How much she has glorified herself, and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. For she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Well, we were looking at how Babylon has glorified herself which goes against what God would have mankind created in his image to do. Man was created to glorify God. But man falls short of the glory of God the Bible tells us. And in his fallen condition, mankind attempts to glorify himself. And Satan seeks to glorify himself. And, and so it's a natural thing for Babylon, the kingdom of Satan, to be involved in self-glorification. And, of course, it's all terrible sin. It's terrible pride and arrogance that the kingdom of Satan, the nations of the world, are so much involved in self-seeking glory and yet fail to glorify God. Well, it also says here how much she has glorified herself and live deliciously. Now, uh, this word, deliciously, which is Strong's number 4763, is found twice in Revelation 18, and a related word is found also one time in Revelation 18. In Revelation 18, verse 9, it says, And the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and lived deliciously with her shall bewail her and lament for her. And that's the same word that we have here in verse 7. And also back in verse 3, it says there, For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are wax rich, through the abundance of her delicacies. And the word delicacies is the related word to this word translated as live deliciously. These are the only places this particular Greek word and the related word are found. So we we can't uh, turn elsewhere to get any, any further commentary on it. We have to just see how God is using it here. What we can see is that It has to do with delighting in and enjoying the pleasures of sin or the riches of this world. And uh, that is certainly true of the people of the world. They do live deliciously. They uh, indulge, very much partake of the things of the world. Well, it goes on to say in verse 7, So much torment... And sorrow give her, and this word torment is Strong's number nine twenty nine, and we've seen it a few times before in the study of Revelation. If we go back to Revelation chapter nine, we read uh, concerning the locusts in the day of judgment. It says in Revelation nine three, and there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power. As the scorpions of the earth have power, and it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months, and their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And uh, as we've discussed in a good amount of detail previously, the torment in view here in the day of judgment that the locusts are bringing, and the locusts are a picture of God's elect, the complete number of them, the whole company of the elect, everyone that God has saved. And that fact permitted God to shut the door of heaven to end his salvation program, and that is the cause of the torment for the unsaved people of the earth. And verse 6 of Revelation 9 goes on to really say that, as it says, And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it, and shall desire to die, and death shall flee from them. The death they will seek is the death in Christ or identification in the death of Christ which comes with salvation. And and yet they'll seek that. They'll seek to be saved, to have their sins paid for by Christ and, and thereby dying in him. And yet they will not find that death. They will desire to die and death will flee from them or salvation will go far from them, and they will not be able to obtain it. And that um, primarily is the torment that God is tormenting the unsaved people of the world with for five months, as five months is a figure of the complete duration of Judgment Day. The Judgment Day very likely will be a period of 1,600 days, But it's typified as five months, just as the Great Tribulation was 8,400 days and was also typified in a couple of places as seven months. And and so when we take the seven months figure for the Great Tribulation and put it together with the five months figure for the Day of Judgment, we come up with the, the total of 12 months or one year of judgment at the end of the world upon unsaved mankind in the church and out of the church. And, and that, again, um, at this time, the judgment of God is the conclusion of his salvation program. Also in Revelation chapter 14, again, verse 8, tells us of Babylon's fall and then in verse 10 and 11 it says the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment Ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest, day nor night, who worship the beast in his image, and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Now again, this is the beginning of Judgment Day, which began on May 21, 2011, and all the days thereafter, the days after the Tribulation that Mark thirteen twenty four tells us about, that is when... God is administering the cup of wrath to Babylon, to all of the unsafe people of the world, and and um, Satan and the fallen angels as well, are tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy messengers. God's elect are still alive and living on the earth during the day of judgment. Here we are. And at the same time, God is administering the cup of wrath. It's right in our presence. We are witnesses in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb, who is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the smoke of their torment. That is, the torment involves, again, the finalization of the shut door of the light of the gospel put out and so forth. And it's as though spiritually this is burning the wicked. It, they are, uh, in the fire of the wrath of God and the smoke of the unsaved is rising up. And this, God calls this the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever or We've seen this before and talked about this before. The Greek word translated as for can rightly be understood as to or unto. So their smoke ascends up unto the point of ever and ever or the point of eternity. That is, they suffer the wrath of God in time while the world's continuing Up until the completion of all things for this world, then the world is destroyed, and so is their torment ceased, and and so they suffered unto forever and ever, because then at that point, God brings in the new heavens and new earth and eternity future. And notice here again in Revelation 14, the end of verse 11, And they have no rest day nor night. And the the word rest can be shown to tie into resting in salvation in Christ. But there is no salvation, so none are able to rest in him day or night throughout the period of judgment day, the prolonged period of time in which God is pouring out his wrath. And so this is a period where unsaved man cannot rest day or night throughout the entire 1,600 likely days of the prolonged judgment. Well, so we see why God is referring to torment because the previous verse, verse 6 of Revelation 18, mentioned the cup of wrath... Well, just as in Revelation 14, God was meeting out justice through the, the cup of his wrath, and he spoke of the torment of the unsaved. Well, here too, reward her, even as she rewarded you, double unto her double according to her works, and the cup which she has filled, filled to her double. That is, now, two thirds are impacted with the judgment on the, all the world, rather than the judgment exclusively on the church, one-third. And and so that's been doubled. And then God points out Babylon's tremendous sin, her great pride, how she's glorified herself and lived deliciously. and And then he says, So much torment and sorrow give her. Now the word sorrow is... Strong's 3997, and this word actually means to mourn, to mourn as when someone dies. And um, that's why it goes on to say here in the rest of verse 7, uh, So much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, and am no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. And again, it's the same word. Translated as sorrow twice in this verse. But notice it's used in association with Babylon saying that she is no widow and she'll see no sorrow. Because a widow means that the husband has died, someone has died, and you mourn. and And so Babylon is saying, oh no, not me, I'm no widow and I will not see mourning. I will not sorrow over the loss of of a husband at all. Uh, that that is not for me. Well, this word is translated as mourning. Uh, for instance, in James chapter four, James four and verse nine, it says, "Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness." Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. But this is the problem of the world. They they laugh now. They are not broken in heart. They're not troubled by their sin. They're not sorry for their sin. So they do not weep and mourn. There, there, there is no fear of God before them. And so they're not apparently in trouble as other men. Uh, this is all language that the Bible uses. But remember what God says in Luke chapter 6. The Lord really shows us the condition that prevailed for the people of God for um, much of earth's history. And how the people of God really went through their life in this world. And uh, at the same time how the world responded to them. And then God turns it around and what was true of the people of God will be true of the unsaved in the day of judgment. And what was true of the unsaved during the normal course of history will be true of the people of God also in the day of judgment. In uh, Luke chapter 6, it says in verse 21, Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. Blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice ye in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are rich, for ye have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for ye shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for ye shall mourn and weep. So, notice that God, again, going back to verse 21. uh, Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. And, and that would be the true believers, the elect that are humbled and broken and made contrite and, and lowly. They, they see their sin and God deals with them according to their sin and, and so forth. They're, they're chastened every day and really life can be very difficult and was very difficult for the child of God. And on the other hand, Woe unto you that laugh now. At that time, well, the world laughs. They, they dance and play and uh, eat, drink and be merry for all is well. And, and that has been the theme of the people of the world all through history. They live their life and they, they die in, in a day. They go down to the grave and, and they are little concerned. And so, they laughed while they lived, but God says those that laughed now or during the day of salvation when God's people were bringing the gospel with weeping, as the Psalm tells us, uh, and with sorrow and mourning and, and sackcloth. Uh, that's how the gospel was, was brought. And at that time the world laughed, but but that was the day of salvation. Then, in the day of judgment, everything is turned around, it's reversed. It, it's completely opposite. Those that laughed now mourn, and those that mourned the children of God now laugh. And of course it, it doesn't mean literally, uh, we're we're not laughing at the calamity of mankind. But it's how God is viewing it. God spiritually is looking at things completely differently. The true believers are not going forth in mourning, uh, in brokenheartedness, bringing the gospel with the hopes that people might hear and become saved anymore. That's not happening. We're publishing news of Babylon's fall. We're feeding sheep, but we're not. Of bringing a gospel that that can save anyone, and that's a big difference. And now God likens the unsaved people of the world um, to those that are weeping and mourning at this time. That's why in Revelation chapter 18, it's Babylon's fault it's the day of judgment. And what do we read? We read in verse eight of Revelation 18. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning. And that's the same word. Translated, sorrow, death and mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. And then in verse 9, And the kings of the earth, who have committed fornication, and lived deliciously with her, shall bewail her, And lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come, and the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, for no man buyeth her merchandise anymore. And we'll find that language with the kings of the earth, the merchants of the earth, the shipmasters, they're weeping and mourning. No more laughing. No more um, rejoicing in life in the world. And, and they had lived deliciously. They had lived in the abundance of the delicacies of Babylon without a care in the world. But now, spiritually, God is saying it's all changed And now those that laugh, mourn. And those that previously mourned, the true believers, now are to laugh. Remember what we read in that psalm, in Psalm 137, which started out by the rivers of Babylon. In verse 1, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. And then, towards the end of the psalm, There's been a change, a a change in program. It says in Psalm 137, verse 7, Remember, O Jehovah, the children of Edom in the day of Jerusalem, who said, Raise it, raise it, even to the foundation thereof. O daughter of Babylon, who art to be destroyed, happy shall he be, that rewardeth thee as thou hast served us. Happy shall he be, that taketh and dasheth thy little ones against the stones." And the word happy means blessed. But it it is indicating the weeping has passed. The time of mourning is over for God's people. Now Babylon is the one weeping. Babylon is the one mourning. It is the judgment of the world. Well, in order to understand the last part, of our verse here in Revelation 18 verse 7 where it says um, so much torment and sorrow give her for she saith in her heart I sit a queen and am no widow and she'll see no sorrow we're going to go back to Isaiah chapter 47 now we're not going to do it in this study but, but just to give you uh, some advance notice you, you can look over Isaiah 47 and you'll that it discusses Babylon, and the same language is found there. Let me just read a verse that we will come to. Isaiah 47, beginning in verse 7, And thou sayest, I shall be a lady forever, so that thou didst not lay these things to thy heart, neither didst remember the latter end of it. Therefore hear now this, thou that are given to pleasures, that dwellest carelessly, that sayest in thine heart, I am, and none else beside me. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children, but these two things shall come to thee in a moment. In one day, the loss of children and widowhood, they shall come upon thee in their perfection for the multitude of thy sorceries and for the great abundance of thine enchantments. So we see that, Revelation 18.7 is really um, quoting from this verse in Isaiah 47. So, Lord willing, in our next study, we're going to go back here to Isaiah 47 and take a closer look. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over Pal Talk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone.